Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V, and I welcomed co-host and one of my favourite nerds, author of Derek Duel 3, out now, by the way, Adrian J. Beck. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Danny, uh, for having me. And so I wouldn't miss this one because these are two of my favourite creators in the whole country. I'm so excited to catch up with these two. And you said I was a nerd. Well, there's no bigger nerds than a couple of dudes that have written a book about a nerd herd. So we should get straight into it. What do you reckon? Absolutely. And I've changed the podcast name to Herds and Nerds just for tonight. I like it. Herds of Nerds? Uh, Yeah, why not? (laughs) I like it. I like it. Do you want to hear who's on this show? Oh, I so do. Okay, here we go. Nathan Luff. Chicken Stew was Nathan's first book. Then came Bad Grammar with Walker Books, and of course, The Nerd Herd, as well as books Nathan writes plays, one of which was terrific by friend of the pod, Oliver Pomavan. And of course, we've got Chris Kennett, design supervisor and character designer on the TV animation The Day My Butt Went Psycho. Then in 2015, the world of Star Wars came knocking, and then the Pixel Raider series was not far behind. Please welcome to the show, Nathan, share the luff, and Chris, it can't, can it? Yay! Here they are! Thank you. Thanks for having us. That was an incredible intro, Adrian. Seriously, I don't know how to top that. We'll just end the interview now. Yeah, <laughs> Chris. Great to see you guys, and congratulations on the Nerd Herd. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, yeah, it's great to finally have it out there. It's it? out. It's out. 
It's yeah. out there. It's uh, it's Barney and friends uh, at the petting zoo having the time of their lives. <laughs> and it is such a great book. But before we get into it, can you give us an elevator pitch as to what the nerd herd is about? Well, so we've got we've got our fluffy little friends. We've nice. got a, a lamb, a goat, and a llama who are all part of the petting zoo. Um, and in this petting zoo, there are also some less fun and fluffy animals, some scarier, bigger animals who are always picking on our, our fluffy heroes. And so the, the book is really about this group trying to establish themselves as more than the meek and mild animals you might think they are. Yeah. And we'll see how, how they go about doing that. I love it. Little do you know, Danny, that I've been, I've been hard at work oh, <laughs> and I've actually trained a goat. Uh, inspired by the boys, I've trained a goat to, uh, and and I've I've dropped it off at your house. Oh! And, and at any point during this interview, you might actually hear the goat because I've trained it to bring you in a little piece of paper, a little scrap of paper, a quote. quote? Uh, we're going to see if these uh, a literary quote. And we're going to see if these two nerd herders. Uh, actually know their literature. Mm -hmm. So if at any stage you do hear a goat uh, coming into your recording booth there, it may be the quote goat. Um, so let's, let's, let's hope that, uh, oh, hang on. I, I think I'm going to hear one right now. Danny, is that the goat there? The, the, the quote goat has arrived. Oh, the quote goat. Has it, has it got something in its little mouth? It's right. it, it does. It's choking on it. Let me just get it out. Are you still allowed to use the Heineck manoeuvre or that's not a thing? I don't know which part of the goat you would be pressing down on. How long does this goat bar for? All right, it's finished. Okay. Right, I do, I do, because you guys today, you said you loved trivia. So here's the goat quote. I've started with an easy one, right? An easy okay. literary quote, either who wrote it or what novel is it from? get a point for either one yeah. okay. i think we should have buzzers yeah i do too what, what would your buzzer what would you like your buzzer to be nathan i think mine would be Mah. oh like it. <laughs> you can only get the goat sort of intrigued as to what's going on <laughs> yeah the goat's getting pretty excited in the studio <laughs> nathan stole my buzzer right. okay. already I'll, I'll go with a moo a okay. moo can you yeah. do it for me so i know what it sounds like <clears throat> sure Distinct moo. <laughs> I was I was going for a, a more animalistic and it just ended up just me saying moo. Loved it. <laughs> a short and sharp moo. Short and sharp moo. Yeah. Smart move. Okay. Oh, yeah. So quote goat has given okay. me a piece of paper and it says this quote, either from the author or from the novel, it is a truth universally acknowledged. <laughs> Nathan. Nathan. I believe that's Austin. Is it Pride and Prejudice? Oh, you can, have, you can have two points, Nathan. Yes. Wow, no. that was that was impressive. And I didn't even I finish the quote. No, that's the how nerdy I am. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the entire quote is, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Hmm. Of course, there that's Mr. Go. Darcy. There you go. Nathan, well done. You're two points you. ahead already. Uh, Unassailable lead, some people might say, but uh, no, because you never know. Because Danny's kicked out the goat. Uh, uh, she, she just gave it a swift kick and it's out the door. So you never know when it might come wandering back in. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see with anticipation. Now, what I love about what I love about this story is that it's all about underdogs you know so you say so you got a you got a lamb i feel like i'm an underdog you got a lamb you've got an alpaca and you've got a goat clearly uh and they they're sort of they're sort of picked on a little bit amongst the farmyard 
So what is it about under underdogs and how did you come up with the idea to take it from their point of view? I, I always write about misfits and underdogs. Um, it's just, it's what I do. I'm one, I think I'm the same as Chris, actually. We're both one of five. Is that right, Chris? Yeah. We're both yeah, one right. of um, five kids. And wow. while I come second in the pecking order, officially, I was so much smaller than my brothers were. They were sort of like weightlifting champions. They were into the sport and I was this tiny little thing. As my brothers would get bigger, the teachers would think we were twins when they'd mean us. It's like, no, they've just caught up to me. Then <laughs> the next one would catch up to me. So I guess that's where a lot of it comes from. I was that underdog and I always thought, you know, that I, was, that I had to do something to... Um, to beat them in some way. And for me, the thing that I loved to do the most was read and um, and I was really liked school. So I went down the academic path where they went down different paths and that's how we're here. Yeah, I see. So you thought, right, did, what came first? I want to write a story about an underdog character or I want to write a story about a farmyard and then you went to the underdog within the farmyard. I, I knew, I, I hadn't written junior fiction before and I, my son is, um, he's seven now. So I was reading a lot of stuff in that sort of um, age group. And I, so I wanted to write junior fiction. I thought, oh, you know, it might be fun to have some animals. I've not written animals before. And instinctively it was like, well, it's going to be a lamb. You know, what else would you write about? <laughs> and from there, it was that thing of, well, and we, and we had some, we had potty lambs growing up and some of them were terrifying. Like they were the most terrifying animals we, we had. Because um, once you take them away from the herd and they don't know what they should be like, you know, they can become monstrous. And so there was also playing with that idea of what, you know, what is a lamb? What, what could a lamb be? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. It's really interesting. Chris, what about you? Do you have a story like that? I am one of five. I'm the youngest of five. Wow. So actually I was in a similar situation to Nathan in that um, I was a little bit of the you know, one out in so much as, you know, my, my brother was 10 years older than me, still is, in fact. And <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then I had three, three sisters as well. And so I was very much the quiet one of the family when everything was, was going on. I grew up in England, a family of five in a, in a sort of terrace house. Um, wasn't much room to um you know to to be able to call your own I, I guess so i would just find tiny little nooks a little bit of the table and i would just draw and um that was my that was my nerdy kind of origin story i think yeah. in that i was i was very much drawn to well drawing drawn to drawing i do like how birth order it actually impacts you know, who you are and who you become. Yeah. Like you read yeah, those things does. all the time. It does because Danny, you there guys will go. be able to guess this. There you guys go. will be able to guess this. What do you think Danny is <laughs> in terms of birth order and siblings and all that? Can you have a guess? Is she oh. an only child? Oh. She's an only child. You've got it in one, Nathan. <laughs> do I get a point uh, for that as well? Yeah, you get another point. You're on three now. Like I feel like you were bullying me, Adrian. No, not at all. Just. Uh, Gentle, uh, <laughs> gentle ribbing, I think they call it <laughs> in the farm. Yeah. Hey, um, so you had lambs, Nathan. So mm. we, did you sort of, uh, were they like pets or did you sort of, you know, raise them for they, certain occasions? If you know what I'm no, saying? No, they, they <laughs> were <laughs> pets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Um, although I have friends who, that happened to them, they would raise them as pets and then they would end up on the, 
you know, dinner, <laughs> dinner. And one of my friends, um, my best friend, won't eat lamb. She's never eaten lamb because of that story. Yeah. And I think my mum as well. So there's a lot of traumatising lamb stories as well throughout oh, yeah. my family yeah. history. Yeah. So I'm just working yeah, yeah. through the trauma. Yeah. That's the next one. Okay. I see. Yeah. <laughs> it's not wow. a kid's book. It's more of like a horror yeah. thriller. That's wow. right. Oh, gee. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> um, so, oh. Danny. Is there someone in there with you? They're quote goats <laughs> chewing on my clothes again. He's come back. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, I guess, has, has he got anything in his little... Oh, I can see he's, <laughs> he's nibbling on your mind there. Oh, there's a few of them. Sounds like there's a few. Sounds like more than one goat there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I, I mean, you, you tell us. I think uh, I've got a herd of goats in my do. studio. Does that herd of goats have a little challenge for the boys? Or Does it has another quote goat has another question? You seem to be able to get rid of yeah. the quote goat rather quickly. Once it hands over its piece of paper, it's just gone. That's right. Get lost, goat. Well trained. See, it took me ages to train it like that. <laughs> I'm glad you trained it before you sent it to my house. Thank you. <laughs> question two of the highbrow literature quote question. Uh, novel or author, quote, but I don't want comfort. I want God. I want poetry. I want danger. I want freedom. I want goodness. I want sin. Jeepers. It's a dystopian novel. Very wow. famous. Move. Yes, Chris. Uh, the Hunger Games? A bit older than that. Oh. I've gone for classic lit. Can I go Sorry. with, oh, can I, I go with maybe... Fahrenheit, 451. Very close. Close. 1984? Close, close. Ballpark. Brave New World? Yes, Brave New World. <laughs> I keep going. I'll get it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. That's, uh, that's, that's another point for Nathan. That means Nathan's on four and Chris is on nothing. But that so, means uh, he can make a comeback like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. Are there any Star Wars quotes? Uh, <laughs> I'll get one. Yeah. They're famous literary quotes, if you ask me. That's right. <laughs> what was it going like going from Star Wars, where there's not a lot of lambs in the Empire, to uh, to like farm animals, Chris? Oh, look, it's a, every 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 project is a new challenge, Adrian. And so um uh, it, it was it was fun it was fun just to just to move on to something else yeah um, because much as I love Star Wars um, I did five books uh, in total for that and you know I am a huge Star Wars fan hmm. but after a little while you do crave something new something fresh hmm. and I like to mix up styles as well yeah and what the nerdhead offered was a, a real fresh um, style for me and something else to to try out so yeah. i'm i'm always willing to mix it up a little bit and try something new it looks fantastic the illustrations all the way through beautifully integrate into the story but before we do move into the style of the illustrations i just want to ask you in terms of the nerd herd if barney was <laughs> if barney was symbolic of a certain character from star wars who would barney be the little sheep Oh, well, he's got to be the, the Luke Skywalker of the piece, hasn't he? He's the Luke he's, Skywalker he's, of the <laughs> underdog. Who oh. was insignificant in the beginning and then goes on to bigger and better things. So in that case, uh, the fox, who is the fox? The fox, well, I mean, that would have to be um, the Darth Vader of the piece. 
So the fox, to some degree, might get uh, some sort of... Um, uh, well, I don't want to give away well, Star Wars spoilers. That's, my, that's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we might find out more about the fox down the line. Nathan's Nathan's nodding, saying, oh, yes, there's, he's got big plans for the fox. Mm. What I love is Kevin Bacon, and Kevin Bacon is clearly uh, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so how's getting on people. He does love sitting on people. Who doesn't? So, how did you guys? Um, how did you guys get, come up with the uh, with uh, working? You know, as I said, it's it's a lot of text and illustrations on every page, and it's really, really, really well integrated. It's almost like you guys have gelled together, like it's coming from the one brain. So, how did how did the process work? How did you uh, make it so seamless? Who knows? <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel that my all my training, as far as my writing training, is all in visual um, medium. So I um, studied film writing at AFTERS and studied playwriting before that um, in my first degree. So I'm always writing with, you know, visually, even when there aren't pictures coming. So I think that helped maybe. Um, but it just sort of worked out. Even the first draft that I had, I didn't know. I was just approximating how long this story should be. And I remember saying to the publishers, is that is that long enough? Is that going to be okay? And they're like, yeah, 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 it's great. And there weren't really many changes from that mm. first draft. So then it was laid out. And then when I first saw um, Chris's draw, or it all coming together, I was like, wow. Like, it mm. really did seem like it was always meant to be like that. But, you know, it just came about through the magic of, of yeah. you know, the team working on it. Yeah, so we didn't actually get to collaborate um, the whole, whole heap, um, Nathan yeah. and I. And when I first saw the manuscript, it was um, laid out by the um, by the book designer uh, Ellie from Scholastic, who did a fantastic job. Yeah. And what she what she provided to me was that the entire book, um, at, as it almost as it appears now, mm. with the text on the pages, but um, with with gaps, strategic gaps left throughout the manuscript. Okay. Yeah. Really helpful for me because there are there is something on literally every single page, so I needed to know what I was designing for. If I was, you know, there's no use designing a a double spade page spread if there's only space for like a quarter page illustration. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was really important. So it was kind of a three way project really. Yeah. In terms of Nathan providing the the, the text, Ellie mapping it out to a degree it was there was still some flexibility there so i could move words and things around yep um if if the um if the illustration dictated that so then yep. what i would do is i would literally just go through the, the pdf and sketch out so do all my rough illustrations um in the spaces that i had and yeah. um, and that i think that's why it, it kind of come together so well because there wasn't any second guessing there wasn't yep. me thinking oh how many words are there going to be on this page? Yeah. Ellie wasn't thinking, um, you know, how big Chris's illustration going to be? Yeah. So th there was there was a little bit of back and forth, not not a whole heap to be honest. And once once I'd done them with the roughs, there were, you know, there were there were a few changes to be made, as there always, you know, will be when you're doing any project. Um, but that's the crucial stage in in the roughs in the rough stage where we lock everything down. And so the final illustration is just me like literally going through and and finalizing it all and without without any kind of to and fro really 
So mm. it was, it was, it's a good system. Now, I think the other thing that helps as far as us, us gelling together is that the thing that I do that I'm the, um, the worst at in writing is descriptive. <laughs> um, putting my descriptions everywhere, I always leave it out and the publishers are always saying, you know, you need to describe this or, you know, et cetera. Yeah. And I didn't have to because Chris no. did, did, did all the heavy lifting. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we've come together well. I think this is uh, this is like uh, the new standard in junior fiction is these how, like it's not just a slab of text and then a picture and a slab of text and a text, uh, picture. It's really integrated, but and and it's also seamless and it's almost like it's not quite a graphic novel, but it's sort of like that middle ground and mm, it's just yeah. it's so easy to read and I know my my daughters are loving it. So congrats, guys! It's it's awesome to oh, see this. You. It's all come together really well. Yeah, and look, I I was that classic. Um, reluctant reader as a kid. I read yeah. I read comics um, as opposed to books, as my scores tonight <laughs> demonstrating. <laughs> but um, yeah, if, if books like this were around, like Real Pigeons, like The Bad Guys, um, any of those sort of books, if they had been around when I was a kid, I would have read a, I would have read a ton more. Yeah, yeah. But I was reading. But it was it was just more comics. It was yeah. stuff like the Beano and yeah. Yeah. But these books are just so important, not just for reluctant readers. I just think to give kids variety. You know, my kid, he's eight. He just, like, loves reading so much. But he saw me reading this on my phone because I've got the PDF at the moment because I don't mm. have the book yet. And he was like, oh, can I have your phone? Can I read that? I'm like, no, we're going to wait for the proper book. But he was super keen to read it just for yeah, looking right. over my shoulder. So I think That's it just right. gives kids variety. And it's really fun. And I think Adrian sort of touched on it. But it's such a moving text. You know, it's almost like all the images are moving and there's lots of movement in the in the illustrations and when when i first saw the illustrations that was my big thing as well that it did feel like these illustrations were coming to life mm. there's so much character and action you know it was and you forget that it's a still image after mm. a bit yeah. yeah you do you yeah. said it far more eloquently than i uh, did yeah much better nathan now um <laughs> the what i want to ask you is the characters you mentioned the characters did it take you a while to nail what the characters look like uh or did chris just get it right from the word go because he's just such a pro and nothing ever needs to be changed when he does stuff. We discovered the other day that the initial drawings that um, Chris had done, I never got to see. So Scholastic had given him feedback and the ones yeah. that I saw, I'm like, perfect. They were so yeah. amazing. And so just this week I saw those initial ones and my reaction was, ah, <laughs> so glad I didn't see them. Barney kind of looked a bit like a bat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're really, um, because the because the original well done, book, Chris. <laughs> the original book was called the Woolly Bullies, and so I think Chris took that idea of them, you know, really wanting to be tough, and so those pictures yeah. were, you know, these, and so they were scary looking, um, and I kind of like that we went with the nerd herd, and they yeah. are these cute little nerds. Like I think it's, yeah, yeah. It, um, you really, they're much more endearing this way than, you know, weird hybrid bat. <laughs> Yeah, the the initial brief was for the the Woolly Bullies, and there wasn't a manuscript attached to it at that point. Yeah. Uh, well, it was written, but I hadn't I hadn't read it. So I'm just I'm just going off of what what the initial character brief is, and that that is that there's these three animals who are sick of being picked on, and they want to be um, a little bit tougher and a little bit rougher around the petting zoo. Yeah. So I made them kind of a bit too harsh, you know. That their, their ears were pointy. They had sort of <laughs> Uh, Barney had pointy teeth at the front <laughs> and uh, yeah they just looked generally a little bit scary mm. and when I um, but it was kind of enough to get me over the line in terms of scholastic yeah they, they could see that I had the kind of right approach um, for it but I just yeah. need to 
needed to pull back uh, in certain areas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very good. Well, I'm really glad that you have. Oh, oh, it's the quote guide again, Danny. I can hear him in the background. Uh, it must be wandering into your studio as we speak. Has he got another piece of paper there with him or has he forgotten the piece of paper? No, he's all over it. Is he? Okay. So loud. Grab... <laughs> Just calm down, quote goat. Grab that piece of paper and uh, and, and we put, we'll put the boys to the test for a third part. Have you got it there? I do, but I can't hear myself. <laughs> well, tell him to shoot. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. <laughs> Look, I trained him, but I didn't train him well. All right, I have a quote for you. Um, mm. Name the character that said it if you know where it came from. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's for you, Chris. It's for you. <laughs> you. Oh, that's Darth Vader. Oh. That's Darth Vader. How did you know? I. You know what? It just came to me. And where is it? <laughs> and where? Where is it from? A specific. Oh, that that would be from the Star Wars. Um, a new hope. Which one? Which, which movie? Which movie? A New Hope. I think. Oh, A New Hope. Is it? There you go. Is it? Well, I can't prove him wrong. I just Googled <laughs> it quickly because I felt bad. I think it might movie. be uh, number five. Does he lose the point if he got the wrong film? I think he Ooh. should. Yeah, I think he should too. Hang on. Uh, just give me a sec. You're Googling it, are you? My one precious point. I can't <laughs> believe that you are doubting our guest and wanting to take a point of one of our guests. Well, no, I want to. I want to show that he knows his his Star Wars better than anyone. I'm sorry, I should have given I you a better quote. I might lose my membership. Star Wars club. It's actually hard to work out where the heck it's from. To be honest. With yeah, you. all I could find was Darth Vader. So, <laughs> if there are any, uh, you know, hardcore Star Wars fans, even though Chris is one of them, I'm sure he's correct. He he's absolutely to, correct. I can officially the adjudicator, the adjudicator, Mr. Google has, has come in and said he's absolutely correct. Well done, Chris. Well done. Uh, I find Danny's yeah, lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> I do not lack faith at all. I have no idea about Star Wars. I watched the 80s ones, you know those ones? Mm. I really liked them. I didn't get any further than those ones, though. Oh, but well, they were great. You'd love Jar Jar Binks. You're, you're a bit no. like the character Jar Jar Binks. So if you check really? it out, yeah, no, you, you'll love that. This is a compliment. Uh, the boys will know this. This is a compliment. So when you check it out, you're a bit like Jar, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Even hey. I know people hate Jar Jar Binks. Even I know that. <laughs> hey, I want to ask you too, because I've got my favourite, I've got my favourites, uh, uh, graphic novels or TV shows or whatever set in a farm. Do you guys have your favourites? I've got two favourites that I, I wonder if you guys are influenced by these two. I always loved Funny Farm as a kid in <laughs> Chevy Chase. Yes, yes. <laughs> Relocation to the country, that was always great. I did enjoy, uh, I haven't watched too much of it and I deliberately avoided it too because I didn't want to have too many comparisons, but Shaun the Sheep. Yes, like, Shaun the sl- Sheep is a classic. Yeah, mm. I'll, anything that Hardman do is, is yeah. just fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I deliberately didn't Google anything um, to do with, with that because that that is a farmyard show. Yep. And yeah, like it, it's very easy to be influenced whether um, you're aware of it or not. Mm. Um, yeah, the other farm that I'd show that I really like, which I think you're going to like, you're going to say you like, Chris. Maybe not Nathan, because Nathan seems to be sort of literary, sort of like on Danny <laughs> on Danny's track. Um, <laughs> Footrot Flats. Did you read Footrot Flats when you were a youngster, Chris? You know, I didn't. I didn't. You probably didn't have that because it's New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah, it is yeah. New Zealand. Oh, you didn't have it because you grew up in the UK. You've got to yeah. check it out. Yeah, so, I missed that. Yeah, but I, like I'm that. aware. I, I know of it. I, I'm, I'm obviously aware of it. Like since I moved 
I, I sometimes pulled down my Tolstoy and picked up a Foot Rot Splat <laughs> comic. That's good. <laughs> and you're a bit I of could. a fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, uh, Danny, work in a Foot Rot Splat's quote if you wouldn't mind for the next oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. I was going to ask Nathan if he liked Animal Farm. Yes, that, that is one of my favourite all-time books. Yeah, and there's... um. If we end up getting, if, if this series sells well enough and we end up doing more, there's um, a fourth book in line which is going a little bit Animal Farm, a little bit Ooh. Apocalypse Now, kind of interesting territory. I so am hopefully, here for hopefully that. we'll get there. Hopefully. Otherwise, write it anyway. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> it'll be like Harry Potter. We'll just, it'll, it'll grow with the audience. That's right. I like yeah. that. Just get a little bit darker with each subsequent book. Well, the pig would be Harry Trotter. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. So we've appropriated your novel in Star Wars and Harry Potter so far, and in the future, Animal Farm. This is very getting very deep. Mm. He's getting very deep. That's right. Yes. Hey, what was the hardest character to draw, Chris? The hardest character to draw was probably uh, T Bone because he's so big. He's a big. He's a big bull. Ah, T Bone. Those who haven't read the book. Yeah. Um, he's a bull with behavioural issues, behavioural issues. Yes. And, um, yeah, he's just a big hulking brute of a, of a bull. And so he's got lots of muscles and sinew and, um, and things that bulls have. He's a ripper, T-bone. Yeah, so like he, he's the most fun to draw. Yeah. And there's a, lot, there's a lot of T-bone in book two. Ooh. So, um, so he's, he's lots of fun to draw. But, um, yeah, he takes the longest. To draw, yeah. The other ones can be a little bit faster and looser, but he, he just needs mm. a little bit more care. Nathan, I wanted to ask you about your script writing background. Tyrific is one of my favourite kid lead books. I really liked that. Like, how do you adapt a book for stage? Um, it's a very good question. Some, it's one of the hardest things is you have um, inherent limitations that you have to deal with and so for that one the first one was the number of actors that you could have on stage and for a show that needs to tour or you know not lose a heap of money that's usually four or five actors so you look at a book like that and there are a whole bunch of characters so the first biggest problem is working out well who makes the cut you know who do we absolutely need or how can we be creative in whether it's doubling up or in that particular instance where you put one of the characters on screen um, the mother and had her, you know, uh, appear via sort of FaceTime and always getting mm, it wrong. Clever. Had a gag with that. And so for me, I always go through the book and take all the bits that will just easily translate. So often scenes that have lots of dialogue um, that are, you know, very visual, strip them out and put them straight in. And mm. then some of the other bits, it's about trying to find the tone of it and um, maybe find other ways you can integrate that into the, those scenes you've already got. And for that particular book, it was also the arc, um, that the book had didn't quite work for um, a, a play and, and of that length. So we kind of had to use what was there to kind of rearrange things a little bit to do it. I actually find it really fun. It's so much easier to work with something that already exists than create something from scratch. So for me, it was yeah, actually a joy to work on. Mm, it's really interesting. I like how you said that you take out the visuals and you strip that back straight away. And I really like the idea of being creative because you can work with technology now and the mum on FaceTime. I think that's really mm. clever. Yeah, it was good. Now, what I wanted to ask you was, um, oh, the quote goes into, is, is the quote going into your room again, Danny? You're going to close the door. Can't get rid of it. I mean, a good thing might be just to close the door uh, and not let the 
Goat come back in. But whilst it's there, this might be the fourth and final appearance from our friend Goat. Um, does it have a little piece of paper in its mouth? It does. And then it's coming back to your house. <laughs> okay. Kick it out. Give it a swift kick. <laughs> I would never kick a goat, Adrian. Uh, not even a pretend one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It is still not finished. <laughs> it is finished. now coming back to your house. It will have to quarantine for 14 days before you That's can okay. have it back in your house. Yeah. Uh, quote, you can name the author or the novel here. Uh, be quick on this one, guys. You ready? Derek Dilbert Duell didn't mm. know the author <laughs> from the Milky Way, <laughs> but that wasn't going to stop him. Who was that, Nathan? Surely that's Derek Duell oh. by Adrian Beck. Which, oh. which, which Derek Duell book, though, Nathan? Um, I'm going to say the one that's in the background, Going Viral. <laughs> <laughs> so close. And, Nathan, like, I know uh, you're, you're such a literary man, so I would have thought you'd, you'd have this one. I'll give I you know. two points for author. Oh, one point for author. Okay. And, uh, Chris, would you like to bring it home with which, which Derek Duell book it was? Well, I think maybe Buster Move. <laughs> oh, Chris! Chris, yeah. you haven't even got. Oh, you got the Star Wars one right, so you haven't completely disgraced yourself. Oh, so there are so many good Derek Duel books. That's it's true. really it's hard. True. Yeah, it's there's true. there's three. Yeah, and you've mentioned them all now. <laughs> you've mentioned two of them, and there's one left. Uh, Run it... for your life. Yeah, that's the one. Of course. <laughs> yeah, so close. So I mean, we had Jane Austen and we had um, Aldous Huxley, so I thought we should yeah, all have the literary greats. Adrian right. Beck as well. Thank you. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> so have we got more nerd herds to look forward to? What can we look forward to? Are, are you going to be getting out amongst schools when you're allowed to? Is Chris going to be dressing up as a sheep? Uh, <laughs> Hopefully. And, and if Danny was a character in the nerd herd, what one should, would she be? Oh, Which is the Jar Jar Binks character <laughs> is the question. <laughs> She'd be a chicken. <laughs> It should have to be Sharma, Sharma yeah. Lama Ding Dong. Yeah, yeah. Sharma Lama Ding Dong. This is the I best think name. you, Adrian, you are a woolly bully. <laughs> I'm the fox. If you wish. <laughs> now, yes, Sharma... there are definitely more coming. Silver yeah, fox. That's your question. Yes, Sharma Lama Ding Dong. Uh, how long did it take you to come up with such an awesome name? <laughs> Not very long. My. <laughs> My mum um, loved to listen to crappy music from the 50s and 60s, including the song Who Put the Bomb in the Bomb, She Bomb, She Bomb, which has the line, Who Put the Ram in the Ram and Lama Ding Dong? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where it came from. I love it. So if you had to choose between a lamb, and I know this is unfair for you, Nathan, because you grew up with lambs and you're basically like um, like lamb boy. But, um, <laughs> but So it's a bit unfair. But if you had to choose between your favourite, between a lamb and alpaca, and a goat, bearing in mind Danny's got a goat at the house, what would you choose as your favourite of the three? Look, I, I have done, I'm such a diligent writer. I've done a lot of research as well into these animals. And so we'll llamas, llamas spit. You don't want that. Goats are really fussy. They're the fussiest of the three. I've noticed um, in my study. Yeah. yeah. So I think I would have to go. I know that they call me lamb boy. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd go lamb. Okay. Good choice, lamb boy. What about Chris? Uh, yeah, I'll go lamb too because they're the most delicious. <laughs> I did 30 seconds of research today about mm. Shamalama Ding Dong because, oh, yes. you know, she hates getting confused with alpacas. So what is the difference between a llama and alpaca? So in my very in-depth research today, I found five, five very interesting points. Did you? I did. Mm. So I want to put Nathan and Chris to the test about mm. how much they know about llamas and alpacas. How confident are you feeling? 
I really regret saying that I was a diligent writer. <laughs> I feel at a slight disadvantage um, in, in so much as I've never met one. Yeah. Maybe that's your job for the future. Yeah, maybe I'll have to. I, I could have a stab at some of them, I reckon. All right, let's do I, this. I thought the llama was slightly bigger than the alpaca. Mm. Is that correct? Well, we've got some questions for you. So, Adrian, if you, do you want to hit oh. them with the first one? Do I ever? Okay. Do we Here have we to go. buzz in for this? Uh, yes, yeah, same buzzers, same buzzers. Yeah. And this is your chance to catch up or right, yeah. Now, this is this is the this is we're gonna finish this wonderful episode with a do you know your alpacas or llamas Ooh. quiz? We're workshopping the title, but uh question one <laughs> What shape are their ears? Uh of the two different animals. <laughs> you should know that, Chris. Um <laughs> uh, Yes. <laughs> um llamas well they're sort of pointing they point you up. Puppy pointy. We'll here. take that. We'll take it. Yeah, and and alpacas are, are not so much. Yep. Uh, not according to Danny's research. We're just uh, going to give that to you anyway. Okay, read... we'll give it to you anyway. We're being overruled here. Up pointy. <laughs> I read somewhere that llamas have got like banana shaped ears, and alpacas have like spear shaped ears. Ah. I don't know. Shama Lama Ding Dong sort of has oval shaped ears. Yeah, I took a bit. Of Someone a... didn't do that research. <laughs> Well, they're banana-ish, okay. I thought. I thought they were banana-ish. Well, I don't want to get too realistic with the cartoon. You don't. What banana looks like, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're different in Sydney to in Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got question two for the boys? I do. The differences between their weight, you could just say which one's bigger Ooh, which one's now, okay. That's but, right. Nathan, Nathan might be across this. Yeah, I think the llama is weighs more than the alpaca Ooh. and what when i say that yes the test what more i mean information, yes. what i mean is yes. the alpaca weighs more than the llama <laughs> no no you just said the same thing twice didn't you oh yeah didn't i just reverse it whichever is the correct answer yes I say that. correct nathan <laughs> llamas are bigger yeah than alpacas. I, well that's what i meant to say llamas bigger Yep, you got that 100% correct. You, you are absolutely just completely dominating in this quiz, and well done. Mm-hmm. Question number three. I don't know how he does it. Uh, shape of their faces. That's 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 how I framed this question. Nope. Shape of their faces. Um, and what I'm what I'm getting to with that with that is what are their faces shaped like? Nope. An alpaca has what sort of shape, and a llama has what other sort of shape? Yes, what a question what? I've come up with, Chris. Yes. Okay, so yeah, I heard a moo in there somewhere. Yes, llamas have a kind of a long, um, oh. sort of footy really? shaped face, and alpacas have, have little stubby faces. Was your research that you did in thirty seconds like the opposite of the true? Okay, well, according to the research I have in front of me, which I believe has been vetted <laughs> by a university of some degree, um, the alpaca has a longish face, and the llama has blunt, smooshed face. <laughs> Yeah, that's what so, I said. I said the long footy did shape you say that? for a llama this, and a stubby, stubby this could Possibly be the worst quiz we've ever done, Danny. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I should have maybe I should have cross-checked a couple of websites. <laughs> we should have written some questions as questions. <laughs> I thought you thought you were of that. All right, last question. Oh, last goodness. question. No, no, there's two more. I know, oh. I'm trying to shorten the quiz. <laughs> 
no, 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 no. Okay. Is, we're, we're in it now. We're, this is this is oh, the way it goes. Question four, very yes. professional. Yeah. Now the question four. Actually, this is a good, <laughs> this is a good question. This, this. I wish I had this one, but Danny, please ask question four. What is the difference between an? <laughs> no, it doesn't say that. It says hair. I thought you could improvise. All oh, right, oh, I can't improvise. No, I'm okay, sorry. Danny, show us how it's done. Question four: What is the difference between an alpaca's yes. hair and a llama's hair, or Ooh, fleece, or fur, or okay. whatever you call it? Who's going to go for it? Uh, Moo. Yes, Chris. very confident. Very that was confident. a confident move. <laughs> very yep. confident. I think I think alpaca hair is a lot shorter and and curlier, and llama hair would be longer <laughs> and Perhaps. finer we're gonna give you that yes <laughs> yes good one well yes. done chris ding 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 well done and question yeah. five just to bring it home uh this is the uh, this is the final question on the on this wonderful quiz it's it's uh, the difference between alpacas and llamas and how much the nerd herd boys know all about the um the, the differences so we've got a uh, question number five here is what is their disposition like? Now that was a little bit of improvisation. Uh, how do they? Uh, how do? They, what's their personalities like? If you were going to extrapolate further on on that one word question, which is disposition, uh, what are they like? The alpaca, uh, oh, or the llama? And I heard a mood, and I think that might be Chris. Yeah, I've got nothing to lose here, so I'm just going to say mood to everything. What's their um, disposition like? Well, I, I I would believe that llamas are very very cranky. And um, a little bit, a little bit stubborn, a little bit tough to get along with. Ooh. And I would say that uh, alpacas are much more um, uh, friendlier. Wow, this is this is actually a correct answer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether I don't know whether our research is correct. Of course, there's always that question mark hanging over the whole quiz. But um, according to the quiz, if you take it on face value, well done, Chris. That is a whopping because it was the last. It was the last question. It's a whopping 10 points to you. Well done. We <laughs> do that, did you? Just give away 10 points. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> there's so much, you know, there's just so much credibility to it up until this point. So we're on 10 points with Chris. And how many did Nathan end up with, uh, Danny? Who, 10 who, as well. Oh, it's a draw. How does that it's happen? It's a draw. It's amazing. It's amazing. Mm. They just both did so well. Yeah, they, they did do so well. Now, Danny always has a final question that she I asks do, everyone. I but do. before you get to the final question, I just want to ask you guys, what do you hope the kids get out of this awesome new book, Nerd Herd? Because I love it, and my girls love it, and I'm really excited to, to see it go into the world. But what are you guys hoping that the kids get out of it? Well, you know, ultimately have a, a rollicking good time while they're reading it. But I do think there is, and at the heart of all things that I write, you know, there's a subtle... Uh, gentleness to it so I think that those kids who are you know called lamb boy on the mm. playground things like mm. that that they mm. know that's not a bad thing mm. it's okay to be a lamb you know <laughs> you can rise, rise above that station in life yeah not that it's stuck with you all these years <laughs> no, no, it but it is okay it is okay and I love how it changed from woolly bully to nerd herd because you're right it gives it that yeah, gentleness it's, and it's it for the nerds that's yeah. right Huge yeah. advocate of the nerds. Would you guys say you're nerds? I mean, I've got my own thoughts, but would you guys say you're nerds? <laughs> yeah, I would. In, for different reasons, I guess. Right. In, in more so that the um, that I'm a big fan of, of pop culture in in that sort of nerdy yeah um, spectrum, if you like. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know, nerds a compliment. Nerds a compliment these days. You'd well, say the same. to method. say, don't yeah. you think nerds have gotten a bit cool? 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. With the, or or do nerds just think that? <laughs> that's what I think. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, no. Geek chic. Because I'm like, I'm a nerd, but they're really cool now, right? But maybe that's just what nerds think. Maybe think, cool people are thinking that's not. Well, it's also because now with social media, you have your bubble. So yeah. we're surrounded by nerds. So we all think, yeah, we're cool. Who knows? Just keep mm. the bubble. Keep yeah. the bubble. You'll be fine. You find, you, you find your people, don't you? You find your herd. You find the nerd herd. It's great. I love it. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay, I'm going to hit you with a question. Um, Nathan, why do you write? And Chris, you can think about it while Nathan speaks. Why do you create and illustrate? I've never really questioned why I write. It's just always what I've done Mm. since I could. And I always knew that I would be a writer. I just never knew what medium that would take me and I've tried lots of different um ways of writing because I at school I had a bad experience with an English teacher who sort of put me off writing prose for a while but I you know found it again so I never question it it's just and it's not just writing it's storytelling I just have always loved telling stories um so I do it it's in you I love that I love it that you didn't get put off as well It's funny though, yeah, what you remember, which is what people tell you when you're a child, they live with you forever, don't they? Mm, they really do. Mm. They do, yeah, and, and they were hugely supportive of me mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. Um, doing drawing, um, which I think is pretty rare sometimes in that you're often being told off for drawing in the margins and, and scrolling the covers of your books and things like that. But um, they were always really, really supportive. And the way, the reason why I, continue to create was I'm a real visual learner as well so I could read pages and pages of text and really not retain much of it and if there's a but if there's a picture that goes along with it that will be my takeaway and that will be the thing that I that I will um, keep with me Mm -hmm. and so that's always something that I've I've tried to do in my career really is is keep drawing maybe even for those kids that, that were like me or are like me and um, need that, that visual stimulus as well, as well as the words. So, yeah. Beautiful answer. Love it's that. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, for putting up with our quizzes and our madcap questions. You did very well to cope with that. Um, but thank you so much. It was a great book. It was so yeah. much fun. Our kids love it. And the book is just magnificent. The illustrations just move across the page. And I'm really excited for two, three, four, et cetera, yes. particularly the animal farm one. Yes. Congratulations, guy. we guys. We know it's going to go through the roof. And well done. And uh, and good luck with the nerd herd. Oh, daddy. Danny, can you close that door? This is embarrassing. We've become best friends now, quote goat, no? (laughs) Okay. Bye, Chris and Nathan. (laughs) Bye. Thank you.